This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I just feel like Michael Bublé is mocking us right now. Oh, well, because it's snowing. It's snowing, and, like, a lot of people got to be out in this. True. Be safe. Be careful out there. Turn on your lights. It is pretty, I will say. I took a walk in it this morning. Yeah. Even though I dreaded it when I first went outside, I was like, well, at least it's not, like, below zero. It's not super windy. And here's the nice thing. It's going to be done. And then we're going to be partly cloudy for the rest of the week. Okay, okay. great. Yeah. That means we get some sunshine? I like the part where yes. you said it's going to be done. Yeah, and it will be done. Yes. This is just it. we got to do this thing. <sighs> Welcome to winter in Minnesota. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley hey, trainer. Um, we got a big question. It's what's a, the question? It's like a $2 billion question. <gasps> Whoa, that's expensive. Do we want Oprah to show off her wealth? Mm-hmm. Or would we prefer she hide it? 651-641-1071. Okay. Why are we asking? Thank you for asking, Bradley. Um, Have you heard of Howard Stern? I know this gentleman. Yeah. He's quite renowned in the world of radio. He is, and deservedly so. He, uh, uh, on his show last night, was yesterday, was talking about Oprah. Now, we have a term on our show. OLR. What yep. does OLR stand for? Oprah level rich. We are we are fascinated by Oprah and very few people in the world reach OLR status. Yeah. And Oprah really obviously is OLR. Well, Howard Stern is not having it. Oh. He said okay. of Oprah Winfrey, he said, uh, Oprah's not embarrassed by her wealth at all. She loves showing it off on social media. He said it's bleeping mind blowing. Uh, you when you follow her on Instagram, you see her estates, her gardens, the people service her, uh, and then Robin Quivers, his uh, you know sidekick, said service her. She's not a car, and he said, well, she kind of is. She's got servants and like people cooking, and it's bleeping wild. And essentially, what he's saying is, you know, she likes to show it off, and he says, I'm not comfortable with it. I don't think that people should show off their wealth. Um, now, Robin disagreed. She said, Oprah's just showing your life. She's not showing off. Um, but he said she's not self-aware. He said, you got to be a little self-aware and know that there are people struggling out there. You got to kind of think about the people who don't have uh, like who, who aren't able to eat. You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on. You got to be a little bit aware of this. So his argument is Oprah, like maybe we don't need to see the laser cut tub and your servants and your all of your stuff when you're kind of every woman's woman. Yeah. And Robin's like, but she's OLR. She's Oprah level rich. Yeah. We want to watch her do that. And I thought, you know, that's an interesting question. I want anybody who wants to weigh in 651-641-1071. Does it make you uncomfortable mm. to see her share her wealth Okay. in this way? And when I say share her wealth, I don't mean that she's 
She does give, but I'm, I mean, yeah. like show her show, wealth. Yeah, yeah. Or do you wish she would, you know, uh, show it more? What was your reaction to that story? I mean, for you, like, what was the reaction you had? I like, I like, I kind of am of two minds. I know, and I'm, I'm trying, it sounds like I'm trying to have it both ways. Okay. I'm not necessarily. I think it is such a, it is such a different life to be OLR. Mm-hmm. I think people get curious about it. I mm-hmm. think she is, she's lived a lot and accomplished a lot to yep. be where she is. And so I think there is sort of like an interesting, um, like a voyeuristic quality to yeah. wanting to see that. And at the same time, she is somebody who has in the past been tried to be relatable. Yeah. And, that that is incongruent to her relatability. I mean, there does come a point where you're like, Oprah, I don't know that you can understand, like, really, the day to day operations of the majority of people mm-hmm. in this world. Yeah, and so it's not very relatable. So I I, I am of two minds. Like okay. I'm I'm curious about it, and also so for you, it's not as clear cut. It yeah, it's not. It just it doesn't feel authentic to what her message is. But darn it, I like to look at it. Oh, for sure. Right? 100%. Where do you uh, come down on this, trainer? Um, For me, uh, like my reaction was, all this tells me is that Howard doesn't want to live his life this way, which I think is awesome for Howard. Like, yeah. Because he, uh, I think from the way I read it, he was like saying, this isn't like, I, I choose to be a different kind of way. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why the, you know, the need to sort of put that on someone else. Like. Oprah is a totally different person and entitled to express herself however mm-hmm. she wants. Also, I think it's amazing to see a strong woman. I mm-hmm. think it's also amazing to see a strong black woman mm-hmm. who's uber successful and living a life of, you know, um, and I think of all the people who are privileged, Oprah is fully sort of aware of her privilege yeah. and addresses those things. So I'm not really worried about the way Oprah shares her life with us. Mm-hmm. I've never had that thought. Although, that's not to say we don't poke fun at like the OLR because yeah. we we have a term for it. Right. Right. Like on the show, like Oprah level rich, like mm-hmm. this woman, we talk about her laser cut tub and you just know. But see, I think Oprah would laugh at that. Right. Again, though, Howard's just telling us he lives. Uh, he doesn't choose to express himself that way. Yeah. And I think that's fair, too. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. Where where do you fall on the spectrum of Oprah, Oprah level rich? Do you want her to show it off, or do you wish she would mute it a little bit? Well, Carrie's on the line. Should we go to Carrie? Let's do it. Hi, Carrie. Hey. Uh, Carrie, what do you think about Oprah and uh, her flaunting of her wealth? Well, you know what? I think that Oprah does so much good in this world, and. Why should we begrudge how she lives her life? She's in turn, she's returning everything. She's she's returning what the riches are that have come to her. Why does it matter? What's what's Stern got? A little jealousy or what? Oh, Carrie, Um, yes. Well, no, I hear you. you. It's true. Yeah, I hear you. you. If you have to talk about somebody else's finances, it must be because you don't have it yourself. Carrie, thank you for your call. And I think, you know, Carrie does bring up a really good point. In terms of philanthropy, Oprah does, I mean, she does amazing things with her wealth. Mm -hmm. She is not a person who is squirreling it away and, uh, you know, um, you know, and just showing the pictures on Instagram. I mean, she, she walks the talk. Oh, for sure. She's out there really 
really giving back. And again, like if Howard doesn't want to do things that like I, I'm not I I have always said celebrities should stop trying to be super relatable to the mm-hmm. average person because I just don't think that's practical because they do live in a world that's not familiar. Mm-hmm. I like that they want to seem grounded and connected to the world that they came from because Oprah hasn't like lived in this world her whole life. So mm-hmm. I think that gives her a practical sense of the world in a way that we can somehow relate to. Mm-hmm. And I think like she would take it, you know, take it on the chin and if people, you know, poked fun at her about it. And I, but I, I also understand like if I became that level of wealth, I'm probably not going to live my life that way, mm-hmm. but that's, but that's for each it, that doesn't mean I need to prescribe that on somebody else. Right. Certainly somebody who is as successful as Oprah. Right. Let's let Patty have the final word on this. Hi, Patty. Hi. Patty. Hi. What, how do you, where do you, where do you fall on this spectrum? Should Oprah be flaunting her wealth? <sighs> do we like to see it or should she hide it away as Howard Stern is suggesting <laughs> she should do? Um, Colleen, I, I feel you. Cause I'm, I am 57. So I, have known Oprah since she started on syndication, right? Mm-hmm. Um, watched her for years and years and years. And I don't, and kind of to what Bradley said, I think it is amazing to see a woman and a woman of color be as phenomenally successful as she has been, mm-hmm. right? I, I give her all the props in the world, but I'm at the age where I'm just like, girl, who does have your wealth? Like she to me, I look at Oprah and I go, she can literally, there is nothing in this world, Mm -hmm. nothing that she can't buy. It's so true. Right. And so to me, it's like, I, I don't, I just don't care anymore. Mm -hmm. Kind of. You know what I mean? And I look at somebody like Prince again at my age, I mean, bald my head off when he died, felt like he was my best friend you know, loved him forever. Finding out about his philanthropy after his death mm-hmm. and all the people he helped, no one ever knew a thing. Right. And there's something to me about you have to flaunt it. I just I just think it's like, you know, you can do whatever you want, girl. Do whatever you want. Yeah. I just don't. I'm sick of looking at her doing her thing. Yeah. So Here you. I don't know. Thank you, but Patty. Thank you're you. Welcome. Have a good day. Bye. Um, you know, uh, the the interesting thing. I mean, like, I think there's a. I do think it's interesting to to think about like your relationship to how wealthy people show their money and like oh, how sure. that makes you feel. Yeah. Um, I, I I find that to be just an interesting exercise. Regardless, I wonder with Oprah if she's. I know she has a lot of friends, but I wonder if it's really lonely. Because she has found her place herself mm-hmm. and now again in a place that is relatable only to a very specific few um, yeah. you know, people in the world. It's going to be comfy in that lonely spot. But you're I'm, absolutely yeah. right. Right. But like we need we need people that we, you know, have things in common with. Um, oh, and I just am always worried. Like I worry about I, I, mean, I don't worry about it a lot. She's fine. But I think about that sometimes. Oh, like sure. that must be a really lonely place to be, even though she appears to be surrounded by people and she has a lot of, you know, friends and and companions in life. It's also got to be a little bit lonely to be. Yeah. Well, nobody can understand what it's like to be. Yeah. Oprah, and that's a, that's a huge thing. A lot of people would like to, though. All right. Okay. Okay. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show from Oprah 
to Bob Dylan. Oh. Who has amassed Plot twist. some new wealth in a questionable way. We're going to talk about Bob Dylan after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Doing Whamageddon, you're out. Sorry about it. <laughs> Whoops! Oh, God. I re- was that last year? <laughs> they do it every year. But I mean that you told us about it for yes. the first time. And yeah. we were uh, we were a wham-free zone last year. It's but true. Apparently this year. Well, bye. bye. Uh, <laughs> I hadn't even started. And here I'm out already. Uh, this is the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hi. And uh, Ofta, Bob Dylan really Ofta. stepped in something. Yeah, yeah, and I would say... Hey, adi- that was my hey, Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan <laughs> admits to using auto-pen. Whoa. Okay, so I don't know if you guys have heard this story, but I hear on Good Authority that you talked about this yesterday in a D-bag segment. Ho- uh, he was Holly's D-bag. So, Holly, I imagine yeah. that, your, yes, <laughs> that your D-bag status had something to do with the auto-pen usage by one Minnesota legend, Bob Dylan... For uh, his fans on a specific autograph experience that they paid lots of money for. Yeah, because these fans paid $600 for an autographed edition of his new book. Then it turned out it wasn't actually Bob Dylan's autograph. It was this auto signing thing. Bob Dylan fully aware that he was participating in the practice and was like, Oops, my bad. Mm-hmm. Or rather, my bad. <laughs> that was my pain. Yeah. And it wasn't his pain. Uh-huh. Now, I did give him a little credit for just being outright with what he did and fully apologizing yeah. and well, saying that he needed a refund. after the fact. Well, how did... Okay, so I have a question. Because yeah. this was not made clear to me, um, mostly because I didn't seek it out. How did he get caught? So what happened was, and this is this is what I love about the internet, and this mm-hmm. is why my whole premise to the story was like, how did anybody think you were going to get away with this in 2022? Right. Auto pens are go back a hundred. Well, I don't know how many years, but a lot of years since they were invented. If you have an, a celebrity autograph, <laughs> maybe not, but um, if you have a celebrity autograph. There are very good chances it was an auto pen that gave you that celebrity signature unless it was given to you like you saw them do it. Right. You know, like you handed them something, they signed it, done. Mm -hmm. Um, Because auto pens are kind of like have been a secret, but not really a secret for years. Mm -hmm. But in the age of social media, people who got these signature one of a kind signatures Mm -hmm. started comparing notes. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. And they notice that all of the signatures were literally exactly the same. 
that. Because, you know, in a natural signature, yeah. you would have variations or they would be in different places. On, yeah. in, the, in these particular copies of the book, everything was exact and people started questioning well, and Simon they and should, Schuster. Because that would be impossible. Exactly. Yeah. And Simon and Schuster came out with a statement. Uh, that basically said to those who purchased the Philosophy of Modern Song limited edition, which again said hand signed by Bob Dylan, mm. we want to apologize. As it turns out, like they just happened upon this, yeah. the limited edition books do contain Bob's original signature, but in a penned replica form. Mm. Okay, excuse me. Mm. As it turns out, they do contain his original signature. No, and you promised hand sign. Right. Those are not the same thing. Yeah, that ain't no, ain't no hand sign in that. They did give refunds. And so that's how this all came about. And it wasn't until after that that Bob stepped in and then basically said, and honestly, you can, I mean, if you're a Bob Dylan fan and he comes out and apologizes, you're probably fine with it because mm-hmm. you're a Bob Dylan fan, but you want your money back. And Simon and Schuster gave it to you. But he did say it had something, and this is the thing I didn't understand, that this whole thing had something to do with the fact that he has vertigo. And I was like, I guess I don't understand the connection between vertigo and signing stuff, but maybe. Well, so, okay, we kind of touched on this, like, so very briefly yesterday. And listen, I don't have vertigo. I on, I, I do I do know people who have vertigo. I know it is extremely, extremely difficult to live with. But I also know that I can sign things without even looking at them. Or you could just, exactly, or you could just tell people... These aren't hand signed. Yeah, this was done with an auto pen. Yeah. Either way. Exactly. And then they get to decide. Oh, exactly. gosh. Well, listen, he's not the only D-bag here because we got more. Oh, that's good. Coming up after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Listen, before you uh, go off to the things you've got planned for the evening, check and make sure that they're not canceled. Things are getting canceled right and left. Just FY to the I. Could be uh, an invitation to hunker down at home. This is the Colleen and Bradley show. My talk 1071, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hunker down with us. Uh, We've got some celebrities behaving badly to tell you about. We call them D-Bags. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Thank you for asking. My D-bag is Kevin Spacey. Perennial. And, you know, yeah, perennial. So, in fact, I should also uh, include Cupsog pictures. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. I think it's pronounced Crapso pictures. Okay. (laughs) So says Colleen. But that's because just weeks after he was um, successful in fighting allegations and a $40 million lawsuit of sexual battery Mm -hmm. against him. Well, anyway, somebody filed a lawsuit, Anthony Rapp, the actor, a $40 million sexual battery lawsuit against Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey beat those charges back. However, as a result, he has gotten a job in British Hollywood in a film called Control from a place called Cupsog Pictures. So he's basically landing a gig. Now, the headline of the story was Kevin Spacey books first movie after winning $40 million sexual battery lawsuit. I wouldn't frame things quite that way, but it is kind of uh, unfortunate mm-hmm. that in this moment, Kevin Spacey is getting jobs. Yeah. Uh, after he still has, I would remind you, pending criminal allegations facing him. Mm-hmm. 
in the great state of the United Kingdom. This is so this is so odd to me. Like, I don't know. I I don't I would love to sit down with people who make decisions like this okay. and just ask a very simple question. Which is what are you thinking? <laughs> like, what is it that you think? What is it? Like, what's the statement you believe you're making with this? Mm-hmm. I, I really want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, because now we're talking about whatever this project is. Yeah. However, on the other side of it, like, we'll talk about the project, but then you're still going to have Kevin Spacey attached yeah. to it. Now, this, I don't know, does this change it for you? So I was re- I was like, okay, I need to understand it because I feel like this is much about nothing, meaning it's like another film that we're probably not going to see mm-hmm. anyway. And this is getting way more attention for just having him in it and probably cynically this, you know, outfit was like, hey, if we get Kevin Spacey, and then you're like, gross. Mm-hmm. Anyway, also, criminal charges. Yeah, he might not be in your film. Anyway, so the film titled Control will see the embattled actor, that's Kevin Spacey, play a voice role. Now, the film's plot is the story of a British govern- government minister who has embarked on a tour affair with the prime minister. One night, she heads home in her self-driving car. She finds the vehicle remotely hijacked by someone who knows her secret and wants revenge. And of course, uh, as the car is taken on a rampage through the streets of London, Mm -hmm. she's trapped inside. The voice you hear is Kevin Spacey. So this is a voice role. Mm -hmm. Does that change your mind at all? I mean, it doesn't need to. I'm just saying that when I learned that, I was like, oh, interesting. They don't even want to show his face. Right. But at the same. okay, so. I'm going to answer your question with a question. Great. When you think of an evil voice that has hijacked a self-driving car, does Kevin Spacey's voice come to mind? I'm just saying, like, he's evil. If they want you to really have bad feelings (laughs) for the voice, then they've they've casted correctly. Yeah. I mean, I I guess I yeah, I don't know. Let's hope that that casting approach doesn't continue. Right. Like the worse you behave, the better roles you get. Yeah. No, thank you. It's just that they have to be evil roles. I yeah, I don't know, man. This is, I don't. I just, I want him to just go away again for a little bit. Well, I would like until him to we face, get through this stuff. Yeah, I would like him to face those five counts yeah. of sexual assault. Yeah. Yeah. Before people decide if they want to work with him again. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I, I this is gross to me and also um I think that they're trying to make you think it's not as big of a deal because it's a voice role. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um I could see that. And that's a, a weird gamble to take. And let's just put it this way. I wouldn't be doing that. No, God. You if somebody know? was like, hey, I got a great idea. What if we got Kevin Spacey? It just seems like there You're had like, to have been um, somebody in the room that was like, I don't think that's a good idea. The man has been credibly accused of sexual assault and is currently facing yeah. five charges in the criminal court in the United Kingdom. Yeah. Do and, we think that's a good idea? And also rumored to be kind of connected to a lot of other activity that's not good well i'm just saying like there there are questions about a couple people who had accused him of certain things that have disappeared oh yeah remember the there was a person who accused him of something i'm not saying i'm just saying it's like you know Let's just let the justice system justice. Here's the thing, because, you know, you're going to hear this case. And I don't want to make this case too strongly unnecessarily, but just for the sake of argument, I will. 
that um because I don't know that I really believe it, but like you you can see where people will push back. Well, I definitely don't believe this part. You can see where people will push back and be like, what? He's not supposed to work again. He mm-hmm. hasn't actually been charged or uh, well, he has been charged. He hasn't been convicted of anything yeah. yet. That's a like loose thread of an argument that I think you that somebody would probably likely make. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are so many other people looking for work who are incredibly talented. Mm-hmm. I don't get the need to like like, I understand that people should be able to, like, move past and account for bad behavior. Mm-hmm. So if that's part of Kevin Spacey's journey going forward, great. To this point, he has denied any wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, a whole separate conversation. But, like, if if that's the argument people are holding on to, like, shouldn't this person be able to... It's like, yeah, sure, nobody's trying right. to take their futures away from them. But at the same time, when you're casting... If you're the person who's charged with casting around for talented people... Mm-hmm. And you have to, like, why are you even in that pool of actors? Yeah. Like, I feel like there are other people who can do sinister voices that don't have a lot of questionable baggage, yeah. much less active investigations against them. Plenty, in fact. Yeah. yeah. So I just, I feel like I can hear that argument and then I'm like, whether it's me too, whether it's like half a dozen other things, mm-hmm. the world is full of so many talented people. Who are decent humans. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. Enough. Ish. I won't be seeing that. I shan't, <laughs> I be, shan't seeing that. be seeing that. Well, and the minute his voice comes on, you're going to be like, no! Yeah, no, I, that, I don't want to sit through that for however long. Yeah. Anyway, well, okay. Fine. All right, who's your debate? Oh, my gosh. Kylie Jenner, I think. Oh, Kylie Jenner, you think? Yeah, what, I mean, it's think? like, it's. I don't know. This whole experience is debaggy. Okay, so... Ha, ha. Remember when Kylie Jenner had that baby? Baby! Yeah. Little baby boy. We don't know the baby. Not yet. wolf. Well, or wolfy or... Or is it wolf? But it is. But it's what? not. But it is. What? I know. I know. It's a so journey. Confused. Go on it with me. Had the baby. Announced his name was Wolf. And then retracted the announcement oh, yeah, that his name yeah. was Wolf. Yeah, was yeah. like, oh, just kidding. We decided Wolf doesn't really fit. So we're unwolfing the child. But we're not going to tell you what the real name is. Well... She has shared the, quote, first pictures of her with Wolf. I mean, the baby. And it's not, they're not really. I mean, you just see, like, the back of his head, and she's sitting in the grass. And it's a, it's a really an adorable picture. I mean, it's it's a lovely picture. Okay. Let me look. But along with that, oh. we also learned during the season two finale of The Kardashians, by the way, already two seasons of that show. Wow. Nothing God, happens. I know. I've watched some and nothing happens. What are they doing? Well, during the finale, the best thing they had was that she confirmed that his name still is Wolf. Well, what the? What? what? Okay, let me try to explain. Okay. So she did share, even though after a month after he was born, she shared on her Instagram stories that they were no longer going to call him Wolf. Wolf. Uh, during the last episode of season two of the Kardashians, she said in a confessional quote, this year has been very transformative for me. There's so many amazing things that I'm really excited about to hang out with my babies and really dive into my work. My baby's name is still Wolf. I'll let you guys know when I change it. Maybe I'll tell you guys in season three. And then Um, she winked at the camera. What? His name is still Wolf. His passport is Wolf. Okay, which, by the way, I mean, that is like the most Kardashian Can thing in the world. Is a baby? Yes. Yeah. Oh. But that, like, 
I bet that that baby had a passport on day two of their life. Like that is not something that, you know, the average person has to think about, but they did. Okay. His name is still Wolf. His passport's Wolf, but that's not going to be his name. We're just waiting. For what do you what what does that mean i don't know you're so waiting they, to tell us you're waiting to change it you well here's, you still call him wolf? here's what she said to james corden she said we don't call him wolf and then james corden said well what do you call him and she goes you know and he said well that's not a good name well, you, you can't call, call him, call you, him know? you know yeah exactly you know and that's it she just said we're not ready to share yet this what is, is this? That's Chris Jenner. Is what, what that kind is? Of that's called. Ride. You know this. You're in the business. It's called a tease. I know. This is the prolonged but tease. I. This is the drawn out. You know what though? Tease. I'm not participating. Oh. I don't care. Well, we really Anymore. don't. Need I to don't care. care. Yeah. Right, but she's trying to get me to care, and I'm not going to play Kylie, Chris, whoever is behind that. I don't mm. care. Call that baby whatever you want. Yeah. Fine. I think that's a valiant effort. Fine. I'm not calling the baby, so I don't need to know the name. Well, yeah, I, I guess it's just like it's so obvious that this is just like Chris is like, well, we're not going to tell until the third season of our show. Well, do you know what this tells me? Great. They don't have anything else going on that they want us Which, to know about. Mm, I would argue there right. are a few other things they could talk about. What wouldn't they want to talk about, though, I, that's actually going on in their mm, lives? Yeah. Uh-huh. Hmm. Hmm. Lots hmm. of stuff. Anyway, that's all I'm saying is this tells me that they've run out of things that they would like us to sh- to know. If that's the most dramatic twist on the third season of The Kardashians, yeah. no thanks. Yeah, yawn, as yeah. the kids say. Yeah. I don't know if they say that. They probably don't. No. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, turns out we're in the corner. Uh, we need to talk <laughs> to explain that. about the Hulu documentary about Jerry Falwell Jr. Because mm-hmm. we haven't gotten to talk about no, it together. Not as a family. So we're going to have a family chat. Ugh. It'll be uh, it'll be less awkward than your Thanksgiving dinner. Maybe when we come back after this on My Talk 1071. Thank you, Holly. This Yay. is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Well, hello. Well, hello. Bradley, um, it is time for us to sit down as a family and have a difficult conversation okay. about Jerry Falwell Jr. Oh, and the documentary. Yeah. The <laughs> um, sorry, that's just the sound I make when I think about this story. Mm. If you guys haven't watched the Hulu docuseries, I'd be surprised because a lot of you did. And in fact, because so many of you love that crazy, nasty, God-forbidden sex scandal that brought down a dynasty thing, Hulu has set its sights on another big true crime documentary project following the notorious Sarah Lawrence College sex cult. Wow. Wow. That's light. nasty to nasty. Also, true crime? I mean, like, I don't know that I would classify the Jerry Falwell Jr. pool boy um, yeah. situation in the true crime realm. Yeah, to me it's more just like true drama or yeah. true hot mess or true political scandal. Whatever you want to call it, though, they clearly know that everybody wants to be in on somebody else's uh, business mm-hmm. and that that pays. Now, that that's what got me thinking about oh, we've never talked about this thing as a family because you'll remember dear audience, that God forbid the sex scandal that brought down a dynasty was about Jerry Falwell Jr., and you talked about how you watched this uh, documentary 
that told the tale of the... I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Pool boy, essentially. Mm-hmm. Loose quotes. That's what we called G- uh, Giancarlo Granda. Mm-hmm. Grande. Mm-hmm. Is that the guy? Granda. Granda. Yeah. Um, and no his... relation to Ariana Grande. Correct. Different spelling. Because she says Grandy. Yeah. Uh, which we didn't know until she told us. Anyway, back to the actual story. We learned about this story in real time, talked about it on the show, then became you know, fascinated by it, and then watched the Hulu experience. But you watched it first. Uh, I started, uh, like I re-watched it again after starting it, because I tuned out, I'll tell you why, picked it up again. Mm-hmm. And then I saw this news and thought, we need to talk about it. Yeah. So for the audience, do you just want to tell us what, how this documentary left you, the impression it had upon you, Colleen? Well, so there, I, the thing, there was, we followed the story really closely uh, about Giancarlo Granda and his affair with um, Becky Falwell, mm-hmm. Jerry Falwell Jr.'s Jerry wife. Watch while Jerry watched. I mean, there's a lot like that's, that's the thing is like, there's, there's enough about the salacious sexiness of the story. I think is the thing that they sex sells. Like it's the thing that draws people in, but what is added into this documentary is some broader implications about what was happening politically at the Mm -hmm. time. And that was the part that I found interesting because that was the thing that we weren't paying attention to, right? We were paying attention to the sexy piece and we were not necessarily looking at the bigger picture in the way that they talk about it in this documentary. Do they do this in like uh, the most artful way? No, but it's definitely in there and it's interesting. Uh, So that part I was fascinated by. So, yeah, exactly. And I, I will say I, I mostly agree with that. The only thing that I just the thing that I didn't like about this thing is the way that they kind of made the like kinky sex stuff salacious mm-hmm. without connect. Like to me, there was a there are two stories. There's actually yeah. multiple stories within this greater scandal about an affair with a very powerful like there's the whole thing about this this family the Falwells are running this institution that forced students to sign contracts of morality Mm -hmm. that they themselves were not living by. Right. That to me was one story. And insofar as that story is a part uh, or a a part of the plot to be told, I think that the sex with the pool boy seems germane. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to make a larger political conversation about the ties that Jerry Falwell and that family had with, let's say the former president Mm -hmm. of the United States, then I don't know what like Giancarlo's like role sex, in that was. Like his role yeah, right. was actually financial and like part of that politics. And he got caught up with like the back and forth and the weird like blackmailing that was going mm-hmm. on. That's all relevant. But you could have just said like he had an affair with them. But like the really descriptive detail and yeah. foul language that they used in this documentary, I was like, I don't, what does that have to do with the story you're telling? Because like, sure, it's titillating for some people mm-hmm. who maybe don't think about things like that Mm -hmm. i don't know but is it 
necessary to tell the story. So that felt kind of cheap. Yeah. But is that what made you tune out? I think initially I was just yeah. like, we kind of know all this. Right. Right. And then it was, I actually had stopped before all of the political stuff. A right. little bit of which I knew because we didn't maybe talk about it on the show. But yeah. at the time, you'll remember there was this whole thing. An attorney for the former president had like reached out to this kid. And mm-hmm. like, so you're like, oh my God, there's like all these connections. Yeah. And that reporting was done at the time. So I think that story is ultimately very fascinating. I just don't think you need to like give like super descriptive reenactments of the sex stuff because they had all of those like creepy reenactments yeah where, like you'd see this woman that's supposed to be becky falwell like from the face down mm-hmm. like reenacting stuff and you're yeah. like oh but but again tv i guess sex sells to your yeah point. It, you know that's the thing about it is like there are there are documentaries that are clearly well done even if they do have reenactments in them there, the reenactment is there for a purpose or to fill, like give you a visual to go along with something that's important. Yeah. And then there are just sort of cheesy documentaries. This was this goes in the cheesy documentary category. Like I would almost call it like documentary entertainment because it's docutainment. Docutainment. It's like it's less docutainment. <laughs> it's less Thanks, about giving you the information and more about trying to entertain you while it gives you the information. But to be clear, that apparently works because now we're now oh and I didn't tell you this, but again, I announced that they've announced their next pro- I've announced. I told you that they announced, we announced their, their, next, their announcement. <laughs> their pro- next project, which is another sort of sex scandally docu series experience uh, or docu movie because mm-hmm. this is just a one off anyway. Um, in addition to that, they also said that the Jerry Falwell thing was their most successful documentary on Hulu yet. Interesting. So it's all to say that like, apparently even, you know, whatever criticisms one may have had, it was great for ratings. And I get it because I think the story for the reasons that you outlined, right? It's the incongruence of this university that makes people sign a certain type of morality clause that the leader of the institution was like violating left, right and center. Um, That to me is the thing that draws people into the story. And it also very well could be there just aren't other, this is like a standalone, like other outlets haven't come forward with documentaries that are marketed in the same way this one. Mm-hmm. So this is your only choice is what I'm saying. Sure. If you're wanting to to hear about yeah. this story, yeah. this documentary is the one that's kind of your only choice. Yeah. So in that regard, I think they did a, a, a smart thing by being a standalone because like, for example, Britney Spears documentaries, there were like three at the same time. Yeah. Ghislaine Maxwell. I mean, you can't swing a, you know, anything and not hit one of those. I mean, I'm just saying they're all, yeah. there's a lot out there, but if you are a person who's curious about this story, this is what you have. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Uh, thank you, Bradley. So if you liked it, just know the next one's right around the corner. That's good to know. Well, in the corner. When we come back with Jerry Falwell Jr., he's in the corner too. When we come back nope. on the Colleen nope. and Bradley show, a little Thanksgiving leftovers. Uh, oh, oh. Leftovers, those are so good. Wow, making room after this on My Talk 1071.